Emma. And I'm Helena, and we both work at the MS Trust. Uh, just a little disclaimer, uh, we're recording this over Zoom because of coronavirus and social distancing. You know all this by now. <laughs> so apologies if the sounds a bit iffy at any stage. Do bear with us. So we'd like to welcome you to our latest podcast, Multiple Sclerosis Breaking It Down, and this new episode in which we'll be talking about advanced MS and the important role that advanced MS champions play, as well as our new appeal, which hopes to fund more of these specialists. So in this episode, we'll be meeting a few people who are either champions themselves or work closely with them. And they'll be telling us why it's such an important project and how your donations um, to, to the appeal would help. So if you're wondering what's considered advanced MS, then don't worry. We spoke with Parry, the Director of Health Professionals Programmes here at the MS Trust, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about it. today with Paru who's the Director of Health Professionals Programmes here at the MS Trust and we're going to find out a little bit more about advanced MS champions and the role they play in providing care for people with advanced multiple sclerosis. Hi Paru, do you want to tell us a little bit about what an advanced MS champion is and how they differ to other health professionals please? Yes, of course, Emma, and uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to um, to tell everyone about this um, amazing flagship programme that we run. So in answer to your question, people living with advanced MS often have complex needs and find physical access to services most difficult. They're the most likely to lose touch with specialist services who know about and have experience in what it's like to live with advanced MS. There are many different professional roles within and outside of MS services who are all doing a really good job. But for example, the increasing choice around therapies for people with relapsing MS, whilst welcome, has impacted significantly upon the capacity within MS nurse services to provide that holistic, proactive care to people not on therapies. Also, many other equally needed specialty professionals do not have the expert MS knowledge or even access to a professional with knowledge of MS that they can work closely with. The MSC role is unique in that they can be either a nurse or a therapist with that specialist MS training and knowledge and they can help with the MS and other services. They find, repatriate anyone with advanced MS in the area and ensure everyone is offered an annual review in line with National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, otherwise known as NICE guidelines, and a right that every person with MS should have. They provide and coordinate specialist care directly to a group of the most complex people with advanced MS. They implement systems to ensure notification of any person with advanced MS admitted to hospitals in a hospital so they can reduce the number of those hospital admissions and see them in their homes and reduce how long they may otherwise need to stay in hospital. No one wants to go into hospital and stay for prolonged periods of time if they can avoid it. They provide support and coordination for people with advanced MS, seeking continuing healthcare funding. Now, we're all aware of the social care underfunding and how difficult it is to access and navigate. And they can facilitate and support, yes, people with advanced MS, but also their families and carers with the multidisciplinary professional teams as well, with difficult decisions and conversations, particularly with difficult subjects such as end-of-life care. Okay, so um, what does the Advanced MS Champion Programme mean to the MS Trust and why did we start this? 
Well, the MSC programme is a very important programme in the MS Trust. We've been running uh, a specialist nurse programme since 2014 to address the shortage of MS nurses by supporting the training and placement of additional nurses into MS services. Now, in 2017, the Trust received some funding that enabled us to launch the AMSC role. And this was in recognition of a significant gap in services for what is now over 40,000 people with advanced MS living in the United Kingdom who have been largely forgotten. MS is a lifelong condition, and the MS Trust are committed to ensuring services where people advanced MS are centred around their needs and not organisations. Part of the programme is to make sure that every person with an advanced MS has an MS health professional who works with them to coordinate their care, especially at times of change, making informed decisions together for medical, emotional and social aspects of their health. We believe every MS team should have a named lead for advanced MS, and our AMSE programme is tackling that shortfall. Um, and for people who aren't sure what advanced MS is and perhaps whether they have this, um, how does what is it and how does the needs of someone with advanced MS vary from others? Yeah, well, advanced MS describes the scale of burden MS has on an individual rather than the type of MS. So someone with advanced MS, they'll, they may have multiple concurrent symptoms. This can be by way of vision problems, including blurriness or blindness, muscle weakness, difficulty with coordination and balance, problems with walking and standing, feelings of numbness, prickling or pain, and partial complete paralysis even, and difficulty speaking. Many of these could be at the same time, and the onset can be without any notice. They also often have dependence on others for some or all of their care or support needs, and they have significant impairment of many functions. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how the MS Trust finds these um, champions and, for example, um, who can apply to be one and what backgrounds they typically come from? Well, we work in areas of unmet need where there is little or no support for people with advanced MS. So the role is covered either by a specialist nurse or a specialist physiotherapist. Um, they will have significant training and experience within MS in either a hospital or community setting and they'll have an awareness of the holistic needs. So do advanced MS champions go through any specific training to allow them to fulfil these roles? And how do um, the MS Trust help provide that? Yes, the AMSEs are closely supported by the MS Trust for the first 15 months in their roles through additional training and mentorship by our own courses and resident experts in, in, in MS. Of course, they already come with a often with a specialist interest in MS. We are also planning a study day on palliative care in November of this year and our annual conference in March of uh, next year, where they will be equipped with the tools they need through an educational programme. They'll also have the opportunity to network and share good practice with their peers and socialise together. And we do this every year for approximately 300 MS health professionals. Oh, wow. So um, there are a number of advanced MS champions placed across the UK, but some people may notice that not every location has access to one. How do we select where the specialists will be placed? Well, of course, we'd, we'd love to put an AMS in, see in every area, of you know, every corner of the United Kingdom. But what we do do is every two years we conduct a survey of all the MS services in the United Kingdom and their workforce. We're just about to start one this year, and this will show us the COVID impact on services too. 
through this information, we will identify the areas of most need where there are very few or no MS health professionals, but the number of people with advanced AMS in the area. And we work with clinical commissioning groups who give the money and the services themselves to support additional nurses and therapists. Of course, we get lots of centres approaching us directly and we do work with them as, as well as many areas as we can, really. Um, and we write the business case with them for change for their services. It's a long and tough process. But as you can see, the AMSE role is a very worthwhile and much needed resource. All the areas we've covered so far have commented on the value this role has given to people with advanced MS, not just from the health profession themselves, but from um, the people with advanced MS themselves. And they wondered how they ever managed before they were in place. That's brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. a commercial podcast here is where there would be an advert but as we are a charity we don't do that so instead we'd like to take the opportunity to tell you about our fantastic resources for people with ms our website which is www.mstrust.org.uk has tons of information and resources for people affected by ms including those with advanced stages of the condition in our a to z of ms we have a section containing useful information on symptoms and where you can go to get help or support Next, we'll be chatting to Nikki, who is an advanced MS champion based in Poole in Dorset. And Nikki told me about her role and some of the people that she helps from day to day and sort of clarifies a bit what is advanced MS. So I'm here today uh, with Nikki, who is one of our advanced MS champions. Um, this is a, a fairly new thing that we're doing and uh, we're very excited about it. Um, but first, Nikki, hi. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, so I'm a physiotherapist by background. Um, I graduated from Coventry University back in 2010 and I've worked both in Dorset at Paul Hospital and also in London at the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery. Um, and whilst I was working up in London, I was a rotational neurosciences physiotherapist. So I saw um, lots of different neurological conditions from kind of more common to extremely rare. And sort of from this just really gained an interest in MS really. Um, and then I guess sort of in my spare time, I just enjoy living by the beach. So lots of long walks kind of on the beach and just spending time with family and friends and yeah, trying to enjoy life down in Dorset now. That sounds um, very enviable at the moment. <laughs> I like to be close to a beach. Um, so we're talking about Advanced MS Champion, but before we start about talk about that, what is Advanced MS? Because it's, it's fairly sort of new terminology that we haven't really been using before. Yeah, so advanced MS, I guess, is more really about the level of difficulties and the impact rather than the specific type of MS. So it's not kind of, you know, one of the subcategories like relapsing remitting or secondary progressive. It's more, say, about the kind of the impact of those mm. symptoms have. Um, and the MS Trust have estimated that there are over 40,000 people in the UK living with advanced MS. So it's a lot of people out yeah. there who... Um, have more advanced MS and it's really thinking about kind of multiple symptoms that will affect someone's day-to-day -day life and often those with advanced MS will likely be more dependent on someone for their care needs and will often have higher levels of kind of significant disability 
Um, and because over time things may just sort of slowly get worse, often these kind of people with advanced MS need multiple teams to be involved in their care, as there's just lots of different things that may be happening at one time. Yeah, so um, I, I guess when we're talking about it, you were saying about it's not subtype, so it's nothing that you sort of, you don't get a diagnosis of advanced MS as such, no. No, yeah. no, no, it's more, yeah, it's more kind of once thing, once sort of lots of symptoms are happening at once mm. and once kind of, yeah, sort of more, need more help with sort of general things like care and day-to-day tasks and say kind of physical disability, cognitive disability may become um, harder than, yeah, that's when someone would more be classed as having advanced MS. And we're talking about people of all ages here, aren't we? We're not... Yeah, so, yeah, I think probably in the past we thought it was more, you almost kind of later stage in life, but actually, Mm. particularly on my caseload, you know, people in their 40s, 50s could be classed as having advanced MS. So, yeah, it's the whole spectrum, really, of sort of ages um, that people can have. Mm. Uh, So you said you had an interest in MS, but how, how did you sort of want to become an advanced MS champion? Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think, as I said, I've seen quite a few people with MS um, through all stages of their condition in all different settings. And I think, so whilst up in London, I sort of just developed this passion for different aspects of care that would really fall into the more advanced MS management. Um, so when this job came up, I thought it would just be a great opportunity to kind of develop my skills further um, also it's a practitioner role so actually you know I'm a physio by background but there's a whole other realm of sort of more historically nurse um, areas so things like bladder bowel skin management that by me gaining those skills means actually I can now assess pe- and manage people through all aspects of their MS and not just that kind of physio bias um, giving them an all-round better care hopefully really um, and I think, you know, being able to be part of shaping those services for the future of kind of advanced MS and being a voice for advanced MS was really exciting. Um, and yeah, it sounded too good not to go for it, really. And we're ex- super excited about having you on board. I and mean, we're already seeing that the advanced MS champions are making a, a big difference. So we're, 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 we're really championing <laughs> more of more of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sort of a typical day-to-day life for, for you at work what, what what would typically happen so I think all the champions are slightly different in the way they work depending on what area of the country they're in but so in Dorset and within the team I work in I really tend to get involved when there's sort of problems or there's concerns that need to be fully assessed um, and this can range from anything really so I've got people on my caseload who are having problems with kind of stiffness and spasms, bladder and bowel problems, breathing difficulties, a bit of everything. Um, And so I would complete a full holistic assessment and then I'll sort of advise on appropriate management and often lots of kind of communication with other teams. I think people like social services or the community teams, district nurses, just to try and sort of really gain support for those people with all these different symptoms. Um, I think a couple of examples. So one gentleman who I work closely with, um, who's in his 50s, was experiencing just kind of worsening stiffness, really bad spasms in his legs, which was affecting his walking at night. Um, He also needed to pass urine more at night. And it's just kind of the two together were just making him have a high number of falls. 
And so I was able to sort of go in quite quickly and do this full assessment, see what the problem was, um, and actually look at his current medication with the support of his GP, making sure he's actually on the right dose of medication and that he wasn't on too much or too little. Mm. Um, ladder issues, as I said, were kind of a long-standing issue that actually we looked at simple lifestyle techniques, which just weren't improving it. So I was able to refer him to the local continence nurse to review whether a specific type of catheter might help, which he could just wear at night. Mm. Um, we also looked at bed positioning aids for him to just get him a bit more comfortable at night. And these kind of working at almost like a three-pronged attack actually meant that he was able to sleep the best he'd slept in years. He knew that he could contact me if there was any problems, particularly of altering his medication. Um, and so this was just kind of having all different head, heads on, really, and kind of hats on of looking at kind of more typical physio elements, looking at nurse elements of sort of bladder and bowel management. Um, and, yeah, kind of putting it all together to allow him to actually sleep and then mean that he can actually you know kind of in the daytime he's got had so much more energy because he was actually getting a good night's sleep for once and um, other things I do is um if people have been admitted to hospital I can sort of liaise with the ward teams and actually have those discussions with the team about their baseline what support people may have at home um so one lady who had been admitted following a fall because I kind of knew the family well, I knew the full history, we knew what support was already in place. It actually meant she could be discharged sooner with community therapy support and then a review from myself once at home. And it's just as it's kind of blurring the boundaries, I guess, really between sort of community and acute medicine. And you can be that person who can kind of be the middle person and mm -hmm. trying to communicate with everyone and trying to just get things into line, really. Um, I think we're definitely an investigator, I would say, of you just spend your whole day trying to work out what's happened, why something happened, what may be, has happened before, has it worked, has it not worked? And then you're kind of like, uh, yeah, trying to pe put all the puzzle pieces together, really, making sure that the person with advanced MS is actually in the middle and that everyone is working towards the same goals and it's yeah. that, that person agrees with rather than us going off on our, our, our own tangent. Um so I think it's, you know, it's really varied from day to day. Um, there's lots of different symptoms that can be helped and actually there can be a solution for quite a few things. Um, so, yeah, so it's really varied, which is exciting. It can be quite challenging at times. Um, but I think, yeah, it's kind of good organisation is definitely needed to kind of keep everything going and trying to sort everything out that we can. <laughs> oh, it certainly sounds like it. I think um, so one of the things I do at, at, at the MS Trust, I, I sort of monitor our Facebook group and, and you, you do see so many people that get that really frustration of I'm dealing with this person in the NHS and then this one and my GP and they're not, you, you sort of need someone to be there and almost project manage all the different parts here yes. and there because as much as we, we love the NHS, it, it does have some issues with communications between different parts of it. So I could sort of yeah, definitely yeah. see that they're... <laughs> that having someone like yourself in, in place to help, because I think a lot of people find that if they're not on um, disease-modifying drugs, they can sort of fall out of the system a little bit and and they have to sort of rely more on their GP uh, and they feel like maybe they don't have any, any any sort of MS team there for them. So is there something we can do to sort of help help these people to watch or what should they do if, if they feel like, actually, I could do with talking to an advanced MS champion? 
I mean, I think kind of as we're doing today to try and to champion the champions almost, yeah. but actually highlight the need for more advanced semester champions. Yeah. Um, it's a niche role and actually having someone dedicated to this caseload is so important. Um, I think if, if someone was to live in an area without a champion at the moment, I think it's just, you know, getting back in contact with their MS team to see if there is any support that is out there for them. Um, so I think in Dorset, we're quite lucky because actually everyone is still under the team. You know, even if you're on disease modifying drugs or not, you would still be reviewed by the nurses, by the therapists. And um, But I know different areas are very different across the country. And I think, I guess it's just knowing what other services are out there um, and kind of your GP, I guess, is the main sort of gatekeeper to all those services. But, you know, there's different therapy teams out there who can help with positioning, with pain. There's wheelchair services. You know, if people felt that they had a wheelchair that wasn't quite right or actually maybe the mobility was starting to get a bit more difficult, you know, referral to the wheelchair service can be really helpful there's social services, there's kind of continence teams. So I think it it may not be as joined up as if there was a champion in the area, but actually there are teams out there. And I think it's just knowing who to tap into and what is available because you you only know that they're there if you know that they're there. So it's sort of, yeah. again, kind of speaking to the GP or, yeah, just trying to really get in touch with the MS team, really. Because even yeah. if they can't support the person, they will know what services are available. So at least you can kind of be signposted to all the different areas just to try and make things a little bit easier for both the people with that advanced MS but also their families and mm. kind of carers involved because it can be a bit of yeah minefield sometimes yeah I'm guessing you will be dealing with a lot of the, the family members as well yeah and I think that's what's really nice about mm. this job is that you can spend time to get to know families um mm. in a you know a bit better and kind of over the years hopefully you know those relationships will develop further and just knowing that actually you've got someone in a team that's dedicated to your loved one is yeah. must be quite nice and actually if there's any problems you can just go to that named person yeah. and you know they know what's going on you don't have to re-explain yourself and retell the story kind of we know what's happening we can just kind of sort out the problems really yeah. um, which I think is really important. And I think if, if people are sort of thinking that they do, that, that there isn't anything in their area for them, um, give a call to the MS Trust as well. We could help out trying to find out what yeah, is definitely. in your area as well, um, as well as talking to your GP. Um, but yeah, obviously we're hoping to place much more um, of advanced MS champions out <laughs> in the world. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> um, so, but Apart from sort of just getting in touch with an, an advanced MS champions, are there any sort of from what you've learned from 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 your 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 work and meeting people? Are there any sort of tips that you have for someone who lives with advanced MS when it comes to sort of improving their quality of life? Yeah, I think what I personally think one of the most important areas is basically just being really proactive. Mm. And I think, you know, if someone wants to have the smallest niggle and they weren't quite sure about it, speak to someone and kind of don't be embarrassed to speak up. Don't be ashamed. If they've got an advanced MS champion, speak to them. If, you know, if they're within the MS team, speak to kind of their practitioners or even the GP. And I think it's really if there's a problem sorting it out sooner is much easier and much quicker and much kind of simpler than waiting for it to become a real issue yeah and I think you know as we said yes this cohort 
there aren't drugs like disease modifying drugs that can help but it's all about symptom management and I think so much can be done um, and sometimes even the smallest little change you know something like a tiny piece of equipment that you can attach to your bed might mean that you can get out of bed a little bit easier and you're not relying on your kind of loved one so much so I think it's just being proactive I would say is one of the main things that if you know if the family carers whoever can just notice something's wrong kind of speak up there and then really to try and get a solution um I think also really just because someone has advanced MS doesn't mean they still can't have a good life and they can't you know live you know things like say holidays mm. I know it's a bit tricky at the moment but you know someone with advanced MS normally um holidays are still an option it just needs more organization it might mm. be a little bit more challenging but you know talking to your local team talking to the MS trust there's lots of different places that you can go to that are kind of you know disability friendly that you can hire equipment so I think there's just lots of things that can be done and you know I think that's part of our job is to make sure that people's hobbies and interests trying to allow people still to do those things that they love yeah um and yeah and I guess just have having advanced semester doesn't mean that you still can't enjoy things in life it's just that we may need to tweak them a little bit or just yeah. have a bit more support to do those things um I think also I think sometimes kind of thinking about maybe more difficult conversations and difficult topics actually you know making sure that you have got plans put in place for later in life I think it's an area that a lot of us don't want to think about but actually if the sooner you, you know the sooner we all think about it and it if you can kind of do it a bit earlier in life then it can be a massive weight lifted off everyone's shoulders and actually then later down the line you know we know things are sorted and it's not such a kind of stressful situation um so I think that's another area which is quite important to sort of think about um and I think really just kind of speak up you know say if there's a problem just talk to someone there's normally a solution to most problems (laughs) or if there isn't we'll find one you know it's kind of trying to work through any problem there's normally something that can be done I would say. I think that is such a nice thing to hear because I, I, I see the frustration of people sort of saying, oh, well, I just have to get on with it or, you know, this is this is my life now um, to actually, because sometimes, you know, you were saying about small changes and I think getting to sleep, we hear so many people have bad sleep with MS, with MS and I think if you don't sleep, you, you, you have a really bad day afterwards and what other symptoms will sort of go on top of that. Um, so I think, yeah, that's to really sort of think about, um, start making one adjustment. It's like the domino effect, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as you said, often it's the smallest change that will have the biggest impact. And actually, you know, by talking to someone and just making that tiny little change and working out maybe why aren't, why isn't someone sleeping? Is it that they're in pain? Is it that just they're uncomfortable? Is it that they need the loo five times a night? Mm. Kind of getting to the bottom of that will then hopefully make, as you said, like make a big impact on them the rest of the day and in the morning and things. So it's, yeah, it's just kind of start small and then things, yeah, will hopefully have a positive domino effect 
rather than the other way. Yeah, exactly. Do you find like over the last few years that people are getting a little bit better about talking things like, well, we've talked a lot about mental health here at the MS Trust, but I think also things like bladder and bowel, because we try to speak out about it and it's like normalise it because there's so many people that are struggling with with one or the other. Um, but is there, have you noticed any difference? And I think, as you said, I think, you know, having the conversations and making it more, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed. I think when you go and see your MS nurse or whoever you see, you can literally talk about anything and we won't be shocked. You know, we'll, we can literally talk about anything and everything. And I think, yeah, I think it is so important because people do, so many people who will be suffering in silence. Um, and again, you know, like, bladder concerns or bowel concerns again there's things that can be done to help people so whereas if we don't talk about it then actually people will be suffering in silence and it has a massive impact on quality of life um but by having i guess more awareness and just the confidence to actually say it how it is actually then something can be done about it yeah so now i think yeah kind of just making it the norm to talk about the previously embarrassing topics they're not embarrassing just go for it talk about it yeah it happens to everyone <laughs> so well, no, yeah exactly I think, I think the more we talk about it the the better um I find especially after having children you talk to other mothers and 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 you sort of lose some barrier of of embarrassment because you, uh, <laughs> I don't know why but yeah, but exactly. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes when you chat to other people in the MS community you can get that as well and people are quite open about it but uh, and I think I've noticed a bit of a difference that people do speak out more about it uh, yeah, just, so I do hope that people just go from talking as well and actually go to their health professionals <laughs> and ask yeah for and I think you know I think also like within our assessments we would ask those questions and I think you know, if sometimes people aren't that happy to maybe bring it up themselves within an assessment it probably will be talked about or you know we're happy to kind of have the initial conversation and then you know you can then say what's happening so yeah I think just kind of just talking about it there's no embarrassment at all we're here to help and if things can be done to help it's better to talk about it than say suffer in silence and not say anything I think that's uh yeah really solid advice there uh, thank you so much for talking to us I mean we're, we're so excited to have you working with us um, and let's hope that the the program is a big success so we can get much more people on board as well yeah, definitely no thank you so much for having me and yes I think it is such just they are such valuable roles that I think if we can definitely try and get more within you know within the country I think people with advanced MS's lives will hopefully just improve and just you know we're just aiming for quality of life and independence so no I think definitely we need we need some more champions it's lovely to hear people being very passionate about their jobs as well (laughs) thank you so much Nikki thank you um welcome back and we've also been joined by a special guest yes we would like to introduce Rob who is the MS Trust Director of Fundraising and Marketing hi Rob Hi both, lovely to be here. Um, so Rob, would you just mind telling us a little bit about why the Advance in MS Care Appeal is so important and perhaps why we've chosen to run this appeal now? Of course, thank you Emma. Uh, yeah, well it's one of the key programmes that the MS Trust deliver, as you already heard from uh, Nikki and Paru, that it's really, really needed. Uh, we know there are 
many people, over 40,000 people with advanced MS who just weren't being uh, given the care and support that uh, we feel that they deserved. And when we established that it was quite such a serious program uh, problem as, as it is, we thought absolutely we need to do something about this. So we put our money where, where our convictions are to fund the program. Um, what would you say is the main purpose of the, the appeal and uh, who are we hoping to, to help with it? We want to put as many advanced MS champions in post across the UK as we can, but we need money in order to be able to do that. It costs us over £50,000 per champion, so our fundraising needs, we're a relatively small charity, are, are quite significant, although we have seen kind of huge success in, in doing that up until now. We've seen from the first champions that we put in post, it, they have a tremendous impact both on the quality of life of people with MS, but also in terms of efficiency savings across what is obviously a very uh, overstretched NHS. So if people want to donate uh, to, to this um, appeal, what's the best way to do that? The easiest way is to visit the website mstrust.org.uk You'll see on the homepage a big banner saying advanced MS care. And if you click on that, you'll get taken through to the donate page. And I think also if people are listening to this, like sharing this podcast or letting other people know what we're doing will be really helpful as well. Please do get the word out to as many people as possible. Thanks, Rob. So remember that if you have any questions about MS, we're here for you. Our inquiry service is available Monday to Friday, except from UK bank holidays, and that's 9am to 5pm. Outside of these hours, you're welcome to leave us a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. Get in touch and as they say, like and subscribe and help us spread the word about getting more advanced MS champions out there. We would also like to say a big thank you to Anne Chapman Audio for the music of this podcast. <laughs>